0: and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com MCAT. How you doing? My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week with the MCAT Podcast. We have been covering over the last many, many episodes, oh, long, long episodes, since June, we have been covering Next Step Test Prep's full length 10. Now, if you are interested in next-step test prep, full-length exams, they have 10 of them. We are covering the last one. You can buy four, you can buy six, you can buy 10. You can use the promo code MCATPOD and save 10% on those tests. For this podcast, we finished, or for the last podcast, we finished Chem phys And the next section on the MCAT is CARS. Now, CARS is going to be hard to cover on the podcast. Um, we do have, uh, here at MedEd Media, we have something cooking for... Uh, some cars stuff, Uh, but for this podcast specifically, we are going to do a little cars primer today. Brian and I are going to talk about cars, and then we're going to dive into some car stuff in the next week or two. We probably won't go over every question, every passage in the car section for our purposes of this podcast. I also want to say for next week, we would have... typically. dived in, dove in, whatever that word is, uh, into the CARS passage with the CARS questions that we, we will cover. But we have some big changes here at the MCAT Podcast. And next week, you will hear all about those changes that are coming. Nothing bad, but they are changes. So let's go ahead and dive in with our CARS primer for setting us up for our next couple episodes. All right, Brian, so we've wrapped up our first section of the MCAT on Next Step Full Length 10, finishing ChemFizz last week. Before we jump into kind of a modified car section, because cars is is hard to do on a podcast, I thought we would jump in and just cover cars from a more general perspective on, on how to attack passages on the car section.
1: Yeah, right. And that's absolutely one of the things that students often have the most trouble with, especially, uh, students who are retaking, you know, they're trying to prep again and it just didn't come together for them, uh, for whatever reason. And maybe it didn't come together for them in verbal, uh, and they, and they're kind of lost, right? They don't know what to do. Um, and the biggest piece of advice we always give at next step, because we are fundamentally at our core, a tutoring company. That's how we started, um, you know, all these years ago, it was all about one-on-one recognizing that every student is unique. Everybody's brain is a little bit different, right? Everybody's brain works a little different. So, um, the core advice that we give in our class, in our materials, of course, when we're one-on-one tutoring is that there is not one right way to do cars. There is only your right way to do cars. Um, so you, the, the key Number one mistake I see students making when it comes to tackling this section is trying to jump the gun, just trying to get right to like, well, well, just tell me, just, just tell me what the best way is. And that's what I'll do, right? I'll do anything you tell me, just tell me the right way. And it's like, okay, well, you just said you'll do anything I'll tell you, then I'm going to tell you, you have to find your best method. And that's hard, boring, grindy, unrewarding work, right? You have to be willing to fail a whole bunch in order to find your success, Hmm. Uh, which I, you know, I, I have no doubt you have similar conversations with students when you talk about, you know, kind of applying to med schools and what's the best way to get in. There's not one best application essay, right? There's not one best personal statement. Um, right. Everybody's got to find their own way. So broadly, let me give you this. There are a few techniques on cars and you have to try these to see what works. First, you are given this kind of laminated noteboard and a wet erase marker, so it's possible to take notes. Many students don't like to. Um, I would say probably as many as eighty to ninety percent of students hate taking notes while they read. Um, but I gotta caution you against just giving up on it and saying, "Well, the note taking slows down my reading. It sucks. It's awful. I'm never gonna do it." Because for about ten to fifteen percent of students, maybe even twenty percent learning how to effectively use the marker and take notes while reading is game-changingly good for them. I have seen students almost double their MCAT. I mean, well, not anymore on the new scale, but on the old scale, I had a kid who went from a four, which was, you know, essentially the equivalent of a 121 to a, a nine, a one. So going from a a 121 up to a 126, a five point score improvement. A 121, mind you, means you're not going to med school, right? Yeah. You're just not You're not getting into an MD program with a 121. A 126, a point above average, is not hugely competitive, but the rest of her score was fantastic right she was she had great science scores great essay great everything and the 126 was just okay now i won't get rejected on the grounds of my car score uh and she ended up getting into robert wood johnson med school in new jersey and, and sailed in i mean got an early interview got an early acceptance you know she was all set by like november of her senior year by getting by learning how to take notes and by effectively then using those notes to get through the section so note-taking, taking, taking notes at the end of every paragraph, at the end of every passage, um, jotting down main ideas, jotting down cause and effect relationships. Give it time. Practice jotting notes down. See if that can help you. Second, the on-screen highlighter. This is what most students end up doing, right? You highlight a section of the test. You hit Control-H, uh, and that puts a yellow highlight on, just like a yellow highlighting marker. Students tend to like that because they don't have to stop and write anything down separately, um we talk a lot about effective use of the highlighter in the next step course we practice it a lot um we you know we, I do this with my tutoring students the key thing about the highlighter is i always say it is a scalpel not a paint roller right? you shouldn't mm-hmm. just be slathering yellow all over the screen then what's the point you should be picking out individual phrases individual keywords with that highlighter and again practice you know you see like am i over highlighting under highlighting is the highlighting pointless um, some students who are very good at kind of um, having their eyeballs skim over the page find that, like, oh, I practiced highlighting all the dates, but that was sort of pointless because I can always find the dates anyway. Like, I'm really good at, at just kind of visually moving across my visual field and finding that information anyway. Um, the third is what's called the main idea approach. Uh, there are some prep companies that say this is the only way to do it, that you don't write anything down. You don't take any notes. You just stop at the end of the passage and write down the overall main idea of the passage. Um, this is good if you're a very strong reader, right? You just naturally read quickly. Um, and you don't, and you have a very good, um, short-term memory, a very good kind of working memory where you can keep A lot of key ideas all in your head at once so you don't tend to get lost in the passage and you just need to contextualize it for yourself with the main idea so no no highlighting no note-taking just stop at the end and and um, formulate the main idea and either you know say it in your head or write it down or whatever and then the fourth big approach would be skimming Uh, i think skimming is a pretty terrible idea but i have had some very few students who have enormous success with skimming where they just generally get a very quick, loose idea of the passage, and then get right to the questions, and then go back and do a lot of looking up. Again, I'm not a fan. Most students don't like it, but you got to try it, right? You have to see if you're one of those kids where it is game changingly good. You won't know until you give it an honest go. Um, and then the reality, of course, is that students don't fall. Neatly into one of these four archetypes the note taker, the highlighter, the main idea, the skimmer. You have to try all these different things and see what amalgam of strategies is going to work best for you. And that's hard to do. That takes a long time. That takes a lot of practice. That takes a willingness to try out a technique that doesn't seem to work very well for you, but to just give it an honest go do dozens of passages with that technique to see if you can make it work for you and you know, if you can't then you move on to the next technique and so on. So as we go into these next podcasts and we do, you know, some little bits of cars that we can we can do on a podcast, I'm going to I'm going to be talking a lot about this might be good to jot down here or that might be a good key phrase to highlight. And I just want to make sure everybody keeps in mind and remembers as we do this that I'm not saying that's the that that's the only way to approach this paragraph or that concept but that depending on which approach works for you um these are these are kind of the general guidelines to the key underlying concepts that you should be taking note of in some format or another
0: when it comes to the passages and you said students don't fitly need in fit neatly into one of these four buckets are there are there passages where one style of going over a passage fits better, and then you see this other passage, and it may have some some different language? You're like, oh, I know, I can I can use this other style for this passage, or is it like that? You use the same style for every passage?
1: Most students have a kind of core default style. Um, I've had students who find that if it's a particularly dry, like boring or philosophical passage, they start highlighting a lot more, and it the highlighting becomes less about what they're highlighting are more about just giving them something kinesthetic to do, like physically move the mouse button around the screen as a way to keep themselves engaged. And so even if they're not generally much of a highlighter, they find themselves highlighting more when they get bored uh, to keep track. And then similarly note-taking, that's another one where I've had plenty of students who are fundamentally highlighters, but when it gets into this, like it starts getting more technical and philosophical, they finally have to slow down and like start jotting some notes down or alternatively, if it gets more into like politics or like a really opinion heavy passage where there's lots of people contradicting and disagreeing with each other, they have to suddenly become note takers, right? They slow down and go, now, wait a minute, who said what now? And they, and they jot some notes down. Yeah.
0: What, what do you see for, for students who are using each of these different styles? What, what's the biggest mistake that, that each of
1: them make for each style? So the note takers will have a tendency to be a little too rigid, right? They'll, they'll feel like, you know, every paragraph I read, I have to stop and jot something down. And, you know, frankly, MCAT passages can have entire paragraphs that are what I call throat clearing paragraphs right the, the equivalent of a public speaker just going <clears throat> and then they start talking right? like an entire paragraph where it's like he just said nothing here mm-hmm. so don't write anything down right don't get so strict into your note taking that you're writing down pointless notes um highlighters i had already addressed that that paint roller syndrome you know they have a tendency to highlight everything yeah um and people who take either a skimming or a main idea approach can tend to get a little arrogant right that they that those techniques tend to work better for very strong readers and so they can have this tendency to think well i'm just a really good reader i'm i'm super smart i got a perfect 800 on my verbal sats and they tend to take uh, take for granted that level of skill without recognizing that the MCAT requires more care and more subtlety of thought. And so I often find them, te- find myself telling them, I know you're super smart and I know you're a super good reader. That's why I'm telling you to slow down, right? Yeah. Make sure you're getting it." Do you have
0: any advice? And this is for a specific student that I, I know is struggling, who is ESL, is mm-hmm. doing very well in the science sections, so mm-hmm. it's it's not a reading comprehension thing. So she's, she's doing well enough in the science sections, but for cars, I think she, as she's reading, she's telling herself, "I'm not good at reading." Mm-hmm. Is yeah. do you have any tricks for calming your inner voice, <laughs> inner <laughs> doubt?
1: Yeah, you know it's funny you say that. I I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily calming, but it's it's good that you brought up that idea of inner voice right because one of the things I, I'm constantly forcing students to to refocus on is you know it's in it it's it, it's uh what would they say it's the economy stupid it's it's the passage stupid like it, it yeah ha- just stay focused on the words in front of you um I'll often do this exercise where I take um you know kind of a basic English sentence and I'll say okay read this out loud but put the emphasis on this word. Now read it again and put the emphasis on that word. Now read it again and put the emphasis on that word. So for example, I might say the sentence is something like, uh, and I think you and I maybe even have talked about this before, the sentence, you saw him with my sister. And if you read that as you saw him with my sister or you saw him with my sister or you saw him with my sister, like those are three very different sentences, Mm -hmm. right? So meaning is not just some perfect thing that exists in the words on the screen, right? Meaning is constructed in your brain and it's constructed in how you hear the sentence. So I will often ask students to read aloud as a way of trying to kind of, let's talk about what your inner voice should be hearing when you read these sentences. And that way we just kind of bypass the whole issue of, Other elements of what your brain might be thinking and we're constantly directing that inner voice to just what does this sentence say? Like, like, stop, let's stop thinking about the questions or your anxieties or. A million other concerns. And let's just focus on this sentence. Read it, read, read it out loud for me. What does it actually say? Okay. Now put the emphasis on this transition word, because we talked about how this is a key important transition word. Now read the sentence again out loud, right? Like that's what needs to be in your brain. Those words you just said. Um, and so you, it's, it's like a kind of meditation centering exercise, but instead of focusing on the breath, it's focus on the passage. Just read those words. Anything
0: else that the student should know about cars, going into it?
1: Uh, practice, practice, practice. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. Right? It's not an easy fix. You got to do tons of practice to get better.
0: Is there a pill though that I can take?
1: It would be so nice, wouldn't there? <laughs> car, cars in pill form, I'd I'd be a millionaire. That'd be awesome. Yeah.
0: All right. So there you have it, cars primer. Thank you, Brian, for that. Again, next week we have some big changes coming to the MCATs podcast. I hope you join us next time. Don't forget to subscribe to the MCAT Podcast. It's free. It's easy. You don't need to go to the website to listen to these every week on your iOS device. If you go if you go to MCAT Podcast, it'll take you to the webpage. There's a little uh, listen on Apple Podcasts on an iOS. If you're on, on, on an Android device, you can click on the listen on Google Podcasts, which is a brand new app from Google on Android. If you're on Spotify, you can listen on Spotify. All of those are free and you subscribe, and you have easy access to all of these episodes every week, including all of the previous episodes. All right, I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAP Podcast.